Hello and welcome to the Higher Self Being You podcast with me, Bronnie Nihuelan, a place where we'll be discussing you and the energy you want to attract. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 10 of the podcast. As I said in the intro, my name is Bronnie Nihuelan and while I'm usually away working behind the scenes producing away, I'll be stepping in for Stefan for the next couple of months as he finds himself up to his eyeballs in nappies and bottles once again after the birth of his beautiful baby boy. So a massive congratulations to Stefan and his wife Kathy on their new arrival. But no need to worry as you are most definitely in safe hands on this month's episode and we have plenty to discuss as usual. Firstly, myself and Stefan would like to thank you all once again for the overwhelming correspondence over last month's episode with Michael McConnell Oak, where he spoke to Stefan about his life um, living with ticks. And uh, you can you can listen back to that episode too. That'll be on episode nine and you can find it on all major platforms. If you would like to get in touch with me, please feel free to do so by emailing me on higherselfbeingyou at gmail.com. Your correspondence is always very much welcome and we really appreciate it as well. Please don't forget to download and tell your friends about the Higher Self Being You podcast and remember to spread the word far and wide. Today's episode will be split into two halves because we just had so much ground to cover and instead of overwhelming you all at once, we've decided we decided to split this interview into two. The first half you will hear today and the second half will be released in two weeks time. So without further ado, I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with another Derry native, Caroline Harkin, who also happens to be my future mother-in-law. Uh, Caroline works in community development and to be honest with you, I'd struggle to tell you what she doesn't do. Not only does she keep many plates spinning at home as a wife, mother and now a granny, Caroline does Trojan work in the community by hosting various sessions around sleep training, reflexology, relaxation and much more. A few weeks ago I sat down with Caroline and we took a deep dive into what it really means to practice good energy. I hope you enjoy. Caroline, you're very welcome to the Higher Self Being You podcast. Thank you very much. So I've just briefly described there, you know, the type of work that you do within the community in Derry and Straban. But could you just explain to me just a little bit more about how you ended up doing this type of work and a little bit about the community centre that you work at in Derry? Um, well, I suppose for me, it's a, it's a long road, I suppose. Um, I started out, I was a hairdresser. Um, I actually went into hairdressing because one of the main reasons it was a, a job that I went in from school but one of the, when I look back as to why I really enjoyed it was it was because I was so quiet and wouldn't speak out of turn mm. was a very very quiet person and hairdressing actually taught me to speak and listen to what people say so that is how I think I got started and then when I had my children I'd given up my work and I'd been at home with them and I was always fascinated how our minds work and our brains and how somebody thinks this way and why people do things the way they do it. So I was always looking and looking for ways to, I suppose, improve myself because I knew I had to be more to life than just being and doing. So I was always interested in what now is termed as the whole self. Um, how how our mind helps our body and how our body helps our mind the things we do and don't do to it 
So I, I think that was how to, and also for my children when I had them, it made me question about my own beliefs. It made me question about how I would do things, how my parents done things, how our generation done it. Um, and we certainly came from uh, an era where children were seen and not heard. Uh, there you had the hierarchy, as in your churches, your chapels, your your doctors, your they all seemed to have known and know better than us. So I obviously always questioned it in my own way, in a quiet way. Um, I'm still would say I'm quiet by nature, but I still would question the way things are done and how they they do it. So that's probably when I when I actually sit back and think about, you know, where did this all come from? So then I went and did hairdress and done it for years, had children and was started doing. I thought, you know what, um, I had suffered trauma. I experienced um, trauma, didn't know that it was trauma. But I also realized that there was more than me who suffered trauma. I also realized that living in Ireland, even the north of Ireland, we have all suffered some trauma in one way or another. And because again, it was one of them things wasn't talked about, you buried it and you just got on my life. And that's what you were told also they do. You just get on with it, you'll be grand. You know, everything's grand. Just get on with it, put a smile on your face and get on. And to came to find I knew I couldn't smile no more. So I had to seek advice and that's I think when I realized um it was actually my sister in law who gave me the first book, Heal Your Life, and it was from Louise L. Hay. And that is when it really sowed the seed in my head. There's other ways of loving, there's other ways of doing things, and I don't have to follow the pack. I don't have to do what the whole of society's doing. I can do it my way. My way's actually okay because it's okay for me. So it did do a lot of soul search in that direction. And then I said, thought, you know what, I want to be a counsellor. I think I'd like to be a counsellor. So I took up volunteering and I went in to volunteer in the Women's Aid. And honestly, my opinion when I went in there to start was these poor women. God love these poor women. But oh my God, when I went in, it just threw me upside down because it was it's not these poor women. They actually are so skilled from what they're experienced, how they managed, how they survived, how they loved their lives, how they reared their children, how, you know, they weren't lying in a corner in a heap 24-7. They acknowledged life wasn't going the way they wanted it and they were strong enough to manage the situation that they were in because they still loved their partner you know, no matter what, um, and they didn't want to see it end. So they tried everything and it still didn't work because, of course, in domestic violence, the pole, the goalpost keeps moving and then they get tired from it and then they choose then to walk. So Women's Aid was, again, every I think every step I've went along has helped me to actually grow as a person. Um, so... I learned so much in that there. Um, I learned so much about how the mind works, how we can manipulate ourselves, never mind anybody else, how we, you know, function. And so I, again, it just took me down that road. 
But coming out, I've uh, been in Women's Aid for quite a few years, first of all as volunteer and then as a worker. I really loved working with other people. And I loved, you know, to understand, again, it's all about understanding what makes people tick, what made me tick, what did I love, you know. And still learning, just learning, and I'm still learning to this day. And I know no matter what I go through in a day's life, I've got something new in, in my pocket to let I've learned from. And I think it's been open to that learning this because people come into your life that actually help you through. Um, and you can also help as well by also, you know, giving out as well. So the two, to me, the two marry because... You, uh, we are social animals okay and so for me it is that life is a two-way system so if I give out I'll receive if I receive I'll give out and um, so that that's where I come from I do work which I suppose I will go back then that this took me out of woman's aid because I decided no do you know what I don't want to be actually a counsellor and I, and I, and when I look back, why did you not want to be a counsellor? If somebody asked me that question, I would say, because there are too many rules that I didn't agree with. <laughs> you know, it was like you go into a therapy room, you sit down, you're not allowed to touch the person. You're, you know, you have to be following all these, which is, yes, really, really important that you have boundaries and barriers. But I believe in working with my own natural ones to know by my own self is it was it appropriate for me just to say there 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 and put my hand on the person or not to do it so that's i and I, and also i find it quite difficult because my own children were small i find it difficult to be in the refuge and seeing these small children coming in and i felt uh probably that i couldn't help them i could talk to the mothers and support them so i just thought no do you know what i like another path so and funding was running out so I ended up applying for a job now that was in the gas yard and that was volunteer development and again that was me back on the ground working with people um, going to different courses learning all the way through myself again and then being able to share that with you know small groups of people and and hopefully I feel like and I'm using the word empowered them, hopefully, you know, and I know I have because I've had people come back talking about, you know, God, I got a job or I went there or I look at things differently, you know. um. So and I think that's w what I am about and who I have become. And it was never planned like <laughs> it definitely was never planned because it was really it really was about me. Okay, and you know, and I know also if I go back to our society that we grew up in, we were never taught to actually, you know, look after ourselves. Mm -hmm. But we were always taught you need to watch out for this, you need to look out, and you need to do it to do. So we were always to me looking outside ourselves, mm -hmm. and we were always supporting others. But a lot of time, because of my own trauma and because of my own experience of life, I didn't always have that energy. And I didn't always have that care, even. I would use the word care. I didn't have, you know, I didn't want to hurt nobody, but I knew 
sometimes it was easier to be away on my own and it was easier to lie in the house and hide away from people and it was easier to um, become I suppose a bit of a, recluse, a recluse but then I knew there were the days I had the energy that that was the days then I would burst and go right I'm going to get this I'm going to join this I'm going to do this but I think once to, again I always question myself why am I doing this what is this about now and I think what I realized was that I can't look after anybody else unless I look after me first mm-hmm. and that's where I become the importance of me and who I am and I even developed a program and the volunteer develop when I was doing the volunteers and helping them to you know see the value of who they are um was called the great I am it was a program I just developed I says you know what I'm going to take a wee bit of all the different things I have learned in my journey mm-hmm. and make a wee program for myself mm-hmm. and, and and you know what I've been doing that on a personal level on and going out into small groups going out and you know if people ask me, God, you know, do you mind having a chat? You know, come on in, let's see. And I says, so I would use that, you know, great I, I am method. And that is, again, that's it's nearly like stripping me back or stripping people back to a point where they see their worth, mm-hmm. you know. And I've been really, really lucky in community development. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. And when I felt in community development that I wasn't developing, along with the people that I was working with, I always could see a shift to a different part of the program or I would go different places. Mm-hmm. So, um, because I've learned, I've heard that like we are social animals, we need other people to survive. Then I, you know, and the power in that you know, we need other people, whether they come into your life for a week or a month or 10 days or, or a year or two years or whatever. And we feed. It's like, you know, it's the same as eating food. We nourish up other people. And that's what I strive towards is looking for people who will help feed me and I feed them in that way. How important is your role um, in the community, especially in the north of Ireland? You know, I would say that, you know, people would suffer an awful lot more with PTSD up here than they would down south just from what happened and from history and from the troubles and everything. So how important is your job in the community? Like what type of people would you be dealing with on a, on a daily basis without going into any specifics, just kind so, of generally? Yeah. Um, well, again, it's a variety. Um, like I'm asked to come into different groups within the community to do like a resilience program would be one of the programs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I also be asked to do like relaxation classes. Mm-hmm. Um, what you said earlier about the sleep training that was you know a real eye opener again for me that I'd done the training over a year ago, and how sleep uh, and the importance of it is to ourselves. It's a variety of people that I work with. Um. And they come from all backgrounds. Okay. And they co- and 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 I think what I would say about post traumatic stress is I think everybody suffers a bit of it. It doesn't matter what part of the world or country or where we live in this world. I think through our journey through life from a child, 
someone somewhere in our life commanded that causes us to have this you know uh, trauma and that could be from you know where we're at ourselves if we're vulnerable or if someone had died close to us very recently and then you have somebody coming in and saying get on with your nan on me you know so i i do believe that we all suffer at some stage in our life huh. from it um even having a child it can be post-traumatic stress you know you hear that all of that you can hear it and you know just someone had somebody died really sudden and they you know like my experience is that say a, a young person uh comes in presenting uh, you know maybe their mother had died just you know when they were seven and the child is now 27 and they're still stuck from that day that that happened so i don't i think everybody that i meet through my life have some sort of trauma Mm-hmm. And I think we all, and I think that's why, as a society, that you know, one label doesn't fit all. You know, um. So it's sort of working. To that, yep. so again, I work with a different range because I do different because I work with the body using yeah. the reflexology, using and then head massage, using my reiki, so that's the body sorted. And then I work with the mind through the teaching that I've got through all experiences of that I've done on myself. So then you're the mind. And then now I am reluctantly looking at nutrition and how we talk about now food and mood. But I realise that that's the whole self. We got, I got to look at that. So I'm looking at that for myself now because I just love trash. like, mm. and um, And I realise how when i eat it and why i'm eating it and once i realize uh it, it is a comfort food but i can be over comfort eating till i'm like sick so mm-hmm. i am now you know saying right what is annoyed you where are you at what what have you overdone things have you know and and again because i work with a lot of different people different things come up for me mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily about them it's more about myself so it's always about for me, is about taking care of me. Yeah. You know, it's back to that. Mm. And I mm. think the more people that maybe get that for themselves, and especially from my generation up, I think that, you know, the mothers, the grandmothers, they are caring, the great-grandmothers, they have been brought up to take care of their siblings. And the men went to work, and it was the male's job to do this, which is thankfully changing as a generation, slowly, I would say, changing because sometimes i think no maybe the male feel feel that there's they're not sure what direction they they're going what's the right way to do things are wrong but it's like us you know we're learning as well and it's just a continuous just trial and error i think Mm. and i do want to just kind of touch on some of the different programs that you do in your work and so i mentioned there at the start that you know you host various sessions and classes within the community so i'll just um i'll just dive straight in and be great if we could just tease out some of these now so i want to start with reflexology because you did a session on this with me a couple of weeks ago and i suffer shopping from hot flushes because of my pcos and my hormones are just bouncing off the walls and i was 
absolutely mesmerized by how quick you're able to like to bring my temperature down like to the fact to the point where I needed to just put a little blanket over me to keep me warm um, and like that never happens <laughs> I always have every window in the house open so what is reflexology and how does it work well reflexology is your feet and when you're working on the feet the feet represents the whole body mm-hmm. So all your organs and that represented are all in the bottom of your feet and over your feet. And different areas are pointers that are in like your heart area. You've got your, you know, lungs you've got. And when we're doing, when I'm sitting doing feet, you can pick up uh, where there may be a bit of grittiness. It's like a grittiness whenever you go over areas. And, and it can be like, um, like we pebble sometimes and some people's is harder, some people's is softer. Um, and I find as we get older, again, once we start getting into the 30s and we're working more and we get more stressed and we have more responsibilities, we have partners, we have, you know, maybe taking on a mortgage, maybe, you know, new jobs and we're striving, you know, and uh, once they get into the sort of that age group and you're starting to pick up on the feet even a lot more then of, oh God, you know, that you know say even in the the gut area you know you could be working on that and it's like oh god you know it's like a nearly a clear and because the body holds the thing about uh the trauma and our daily stressors we hold it in our body somewhere and you know the way we get really stiff necks and that that is us holding so much stress because one we've stopped breathing properly we're carrying everything on our back and then it comes up onto the back of the neck. And people think, oh, it's repetitive strain. Sometimes it is repetitive strain. But if you are really looking at the whole lifestyle of the whole person and how their head is as well, then as you're picking it up in the feet, you can see where the feet can tell you where they're overstressed. Maybe the you know, they're got, you know, maybe some issues around letting go um you're holding a bit of anger you know you can pick that up once you do but it's that again to me is back to the whole self um the body you know the flesh the bones the muscles and then that's about then you know again about how you know exercise you know and and exercise doesn't mean you have to go out uh today Bruna and run a mountain or run down the road and up again Today is about exercise. Maybe it's just about going outside and standing in the fresh air and breathing in the air for a couple of minutes. Oh, don't worry, I don't run. I only run away from problems and out of money, <laughs> I can assure you. <laughs> so it's so I suppose reflexology is kinda of like it's kinda of like looking into the soul, but it has physical and mental benefits. Yes. And yes. what can you tell about a person when you're doing their their feet? Well, you can sort of tell by how their lifestyle is, you know, are they stressed? Are they overdoing things? Is maybe, you know, you can pick up, you know, how maybe even the bloodstreams work and you can pick up on the oxygen level in their body. And again, no, that's what you're saying about the temperature in your body began. What I was doing, when I, if you don't mind me saying, yeah, when I w- was working with yourself was that was your nervous energy was very high. Because yeah. you were go, go, go. Yeah. And and it was whenever that touch in them areas that I was going down through your feet 
began to relax your nervous you needed your nervous system to be relaxed down and i'm not saying that you're a highly strong or oh i definitely no. am it's okay <laughs> no no but i wouldn't say that yeah. because we all have a nervous mm. energy around us and in us and that is you know we're born with it because mm. that's what keeps us alive and yeah. keeps the body upright and keeps us moving so it's relaxing and people don't take time out mm-hmm. A lot. Some people are very good at it. Some people aren't that to relax that nervous system. And that's something where simple things such as just breathing, Mm -hmm. just breathing properly, because I think it's something like 89 percent of people are walking around, aren't breathing properly Mm -hmm. and they hold it here in the throat. They hold the breath. They don't breathe down into the lungs. And when you for me, I love things simple. So for me, it is whenever the lungs are stressed, you know, we're feeling them. We feel the heart area it can be stressed. So you're not letting the oxygen get through the heart, um, the veins or the muscle. No, it becomes more stressed, you know. And so for me, when I think about my breathing, I think about this upper chest area. Yeah. Yeah. And see, so you just breathe lovely in there. You don't even realize <laughs> no, subconsciously. <laughs> so, do you know? Yeah. And this is the thing we don't think about our breath. Mm. We actually don't take time out to think about our breath. The only time we think about our breath is if we've got a flu or a head cold or if we're ex- you know, doing a whole big workout and we're coming on, uh, uh, no, we can mm. hardly breathe. And that's whenever we actually think about the breath. So that's about the, the whole self again. It's about the nervous system. And that's one of the things about I love about the reflexology is I know there's people who don't like touch, who don't like massage and things like that, but they won't let you at their feet. Some people and some people don't like you at their feet. But I think when it's very good for older people too that, you know, can't come into a salon and do the, but if they just put their feet up and you do their feet, you are touching into their energy and you're touching into their nervous system. So you are helping them to feel connected to you, but also connected to their nervous energy. And then that's how you help relax it down. Yeah. So with the nervous energy, I suppose, be kind of like um the the core of your being. If you can, like, I suppose, manage your nervous energy, do you, like, would it help have other things kind of fall into place? Definitely. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Because the nervous energy and the thing about it, the nervous energy is it's not a scene. You mm. can't see it. Mm. But yeah, you can definitely feel it. Yeah. So, Bruno, if I move really close to you, I'm getting into your space, mm. do you know? And if you didn't know me, you would want me to step back, mm. you know? And I do this in group work, showing them that, look, you know, this is how your nervous system is out around your body. It's not just in it. Mm. It's around it as well. Mm-hmm. So once people come that wee bit too close to you, mm-hmm. you begin to feel their energy from their body. And if I do that down and I'm not even touching you, you're aware that my hand's very close. Ah, it's, yeah, it's kind of like the way you can sense if someone's behind you yes. or if someone's looking at you. Yes. Wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. the on It's a defence mechanism. Yes. And we naturally have that. Mm. In us. Yeah. Everybody. There's nobody doesn't have it. We all have it. And that's why you see young children, you know, they just potter about and they just, and, you know, all of a sudden they might see someone that they don't particularly like. And, and, and then we're saying, say hello, say hello. Yeah. And the Wayne doesn't want to say hello, the child rather, yeah. <laughs> doesn't want to say hello because there's something that's not drawing that child to them. 
and you know so don't worry make the child say hello so for mm. me i would never have done that to my children mm. and it's not that there's anything wrong with the person mm-hmm. it's just the child's energy didn't connect with the adult so you shouldn't force it shouldn't force it okay and w- w- what are the long-term benefits of reflexology of someone who would practice it quite regular um the long term again for me the long term would be keeping it, it's nearly like it keeps your immune system healthy mm-hmm. and it actually helps fight against colds and flus and different things that goes on mm-hmm. and it it's sort of it's nearly like um, a booster yeah for your energy system mm-hmm you may come out on that night very tired and relaxed, but for the next few days, your body's got like a boost, and, you know, mm-hmm. and so your energy, it's nearly like clearing your energy. Mm-hmm. And reflexology is one of the ways to get that. Because some people, one, may not afford to have it done. Mm-hmm. Um, others may just not like the idea of their feet being touched. Um, there, no, there's different reasons or they just don't have the time. Yeah. They have young children and that. So there's different ways of protecting your immune system and your energy and your nervous system. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, well, that's what my next question was going to be. What would you recommend to someone who, who can't, for one reason or another, get to a reflexologist? Are there other ways that they can practice this at home by themselves? Definitely. For a lot of the older people who I would, when I go on to do these uh, pamper sessions yeah. and I'm only seeing them for maybe 20 minutes and they're saying, what do I do? And I said, you know, when you go home, get by yourself a wee basin that you would mm. keep under the sink. You don't need one of them electronic things or anything mm. special. Buy a basin, have a hot water kettle, um, buy a nice, you know, uh, relaxing muscle, you yeah. know, or just... A nice soap or a nice yeah, or you Epsom know, salt or something. Epsom salt yeah. or, you know, the Redox muscle mm. relax. Something like that. Just something very simple. And t- put that, uh, just a drop or whatever, of you have a, essential oils or, a, you know, mm. drop that under the water. Get your feet into the water and twinkle your toes, I call it, like a baby. Mm. No, as, as if you were a child. And I tell this to older people who have arthritis in their feet and they can hardly move. Um, because you know, just over wear and tear in the body over years, mm-hmm. and I said, and try and do it two nights a week when you're sitting watching your soaps or whatever you're doing, um, you know, or is it the morning time a better time or whatever, whatever time of the day it suits, just sit down, put your feet under this water right away, you are grounding yourself and you are relaxing your nervous system by even just doing that, because the heat of the water naturally goes up through the system in your body mm-hmm. and if you twinkle the toes about just twinkle them you're making movement so the big toe is where our nervous end and ends right up to the crown of our head mm-hmm. so what we're doing is we're boosting that up again it's the best time to do it's winter time any time's a good time mm-hmm. but immune system and especially in older people we need but it also keeps the fluid in our body moving okay Okay. Yeah. So, and that's another thing. If we're not moving a lot because of our illness or we hurt ourselves or whatever, a great way to keep the fluid moving. Yeah. And it's like when you put your feet down, it's like a boost. You mm. know, you boost yourself up, 
and it's the most relaxing thing to, you mm. can do and or have a bath you know a lot mm. of people now aren't taking baths they're in for a quick shower and out do you know what i mean but a bath is a great because what they say the memory of it is that it ties us to when we were in the womb because of the water that was around our body that is what a lovely bath does for a lot of people it relaxes down this nervous system and more and more we're doing showers but every so often it is nice to have a bath and just lie in the water and the hot water and that is what the memory brings up hmm. and sure where was the safest place where i've ever been exactly the womb. Um, and what about um, would like a roller or maybe like a little ball to rub in the soles of your feet? Would you recommend anything like that? Definitely. If yeah. you have one, you could have a tennis ball. You could have, you know, there is wee platy balls. There's, um, you know, different balls now you can buy on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, a tennis ball for me, for maybe older people or people who are very sensitive feet, you know, mm-hmm. might be a wee bit hard. So you could buy... You know, you, you buy them in the sports shops, just a nice soft ball, um, a platys balls or that. Yeah. And, and there, some of them have got the wee spikes that, you know, yeah. I've got. Um, and they're very good because they're hitting your pressure points on your mm-hmm. feet as well. Mm-hmm. So definitely, you know, but yeah. if cheapest way, quickest way to do it, get a wee bath. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you just mentioned there about Reiki um, and I understand that Reiki is... um. So, well, this is my understanding anyway, that it's a healing without being touched. So for someone who doesn't like being touched for one reason or another, um, can you just explain like what Reiki is and how, how that works? Um, I suppose for Reiki, I learned and trained in it over year, um, 20 odd years ago. Mm. Um, it's something that, again, I see it as like an energy ball. Okay, and anybody to me can tap and it. We all have it. We all have it to tap and it. And I think maybe with myself doing the tunings and that and going to try and understand it, it was like a light bulb. It's like turning on a light bulb and you're creating energy. So when I, I believe that we all have it, I don't believe that we need Reiki uh, or, you know, to actually tap into this energy it is maybe just a wee bit higher voltage that you have mm-hmm. and if you work with the more you work with it the stronger it becomes for you um but again you don't need to be attuned to do it because we all have it we all are about we are a ball of energy mm-hmm. so the more that we be one gentler to ourselves in our mind mm-hmm then we become gentler to ourselves and our body. And it's the best way I always describe energy is that, do you know if a child falls, what do you do? You go over, you go and lift the child. The child might have cut itself and it's still crying, but you lift the child up and you go, you pat them there, 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 there. Mm. Now the blood's still coming out of them or whatever, Mm. but somehow... They have become softer. That isn't as hard or sore. They begin, and yet you haven't done anything. Mm. But your intention from your mind to that child's mind or to the other person or to yourself, if you were doing it on yourself, because we can do it on ourselves, then we're changing the the flow of the energy from just the doing 
and to a lovely softness towards yourself. Mm. So when you do that to a child there, 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 you have created an energy flow from you to it. Because while even while we're sitting here, our two energies are flowing from each other. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And if you were asking me really difficult questions and things like that, I could, you know, my body will go way back because my energy is like, yeah. you know, so we change, you know, yeah. so if we like what we hear and we like what we feel. Then we're more tend to let our energies flow around our body more gently. OK. Um. another question is, do you have to believe in Reiki for it to work? Um, I would know some people in my life that definitely would think it's a load of cod swallop and they're like, no, nah, it's just um something. It's just a big money racket. So, but if you were to do Reiki on them, would they, like, would they still benefit from it? Oh, definitely. But the thing is, they need to give you permission to do it. Okay, so it's kind of, do they need to believe in it? They don't necessarily need to believe it. Sometimes when I feel that somebody's really stressed mm-hmm. and I'm going to do, say, reflexology, um... I would say to them, listen, I'm going to connect my energies with yours. And I know that they haven't a clue what I've just said. And I'll say, do you know, we're, we're a ball of energy. And do you realize, you know, it's just the same the way I explained about the child. And if I'm going too close to you, you feel me in your your presence. I've just stepped up to, you know, I'll explain that's how energy is in our body. And that's what we are. We are, are a ball of energy. And so for me, I would say, so I would like just if, if that's okay. And sometimes if I feel they don't totally understand, then I won't use Reiki. I'll just imagine that I'm working with their system and I work the best I can through my hands with their, what I've got in front of me. And sometimes I would ask, because I believe that there's you sitting there in front of me but you've got a higher self that's my belief mm. so i would go to your higher self and say can i have permission to work with your feet that's why you're on the podcast higher self being you caroline <laughs> <laughs> well there you go yeah. you know so it's like i would ask your higher self mm. and sometimes people will come in i do what you want you know i reiki i mm. don't know what it does but go ahead and yet, when I go to do their feet, the higher self is not wanting it. They just want to totally block it out. So when you yeah. say the higher self, do you mean like their energy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and you that can be anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for some people, they call that your spirit. Some mm-hmm. people call it whatever, their angel or whatever, yeah. or their guide. People yeah. are different. And then there's some people who doesn't believe in that at all. At all. Yeah. And Reiki, you don't touch the person ever when you're doing Reiki, is that it? I do. Oh, you do? Yeah. Um, If the person is okay with it. Yeah. But you can do it without touching them. And which do you find better, touching them or not touching them? It really depends on the on person. Because yeah. some person's experience of touch has been so traumatic mm-hmm. that when I would touch them or show anybody else, it reignites mm-hmm. the trauma. Yeah. So yeah. I have to respect that. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, what would a Reiki session look like? Like, would would you have the person lying down on yeah. a bed? Oh, okay. Yeah. 
and then like is it you chanting or is it like I've never done a Reiki session before so that's what I have I have like some voodoo goddess going over my body just chanting like yeah I'm just putting all this like good energies into my body no, I would um, just have the person, yes, lying on the bed. If they're comfortable, mm-hmm. if they want a blanket over, yeah. or if they don't, that's fine. I asked them all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people say, no, I just want to sit in a chair. Okay. Um, I do ask permission if they want me mm-hmm. to put my hands on them or not. Um, because I, I like touch, you see. Yeah. So I'm very much a touchy-feely person. Mm-hmm. So I like touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know there is people who doesn't. So if they don't want touch, then I just hover, you know, my hands over the body. I don't use um, sometimes if I have oils, I'll maybe burn if I know the person. If I don't know them, I tend not to burn oils. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to just leave the room very plain, uh, dumb the lights down, put on nice soft music. Uh, if the person was just to talk, you know, I say, listen, ask me anything as we're going through. But if you relax some more that you can maybe breathe. So I would tend to ask them to do, you know, wee breathing. And sometimes if I'm looking down and the body's so tense while I'm doing it, I'll do a wee body scan with them and get them to think about their body while I'm working over it. And then I, I can see the body and it's the nervous system begins to calm down. So what you're doing in Reiki to me, for me is, and listen, other Reiki masters or teachers will tell you maybe differently, but for me, because I love things simple, I love to talk simple and I love to keep everything simple. It's, again, it's just relaxing down the nervous system. Mm-hmm. And when you relax down the nervous system, what happens then is that your whole body begins to flow as in the inner body. Your heart maybe will open a wee bit more. Your oxygen will relax. So the ox- your body gets more oxygenated. So you are moving stuck energy in the body and it's gentle Mm -hmm. and it's as gentle as you want it to be as the person lying on the bed. So the person comes in who's very uptight and not sure about what they're doing and is this right for me? Is it not? You know, um, it happens, you know, and I've had a few people which it's really funny. It's not funny, like on the Mm -hmm. person. Like I had a woman come back saying to me after a reggae session, do you know what? You made me so angry. I was so angry. And I went home and I fell out with my husband and I'd done this and I just roared at him and da da da. And uh, she was waiting for me to react mm. and say, and I said, do you think the reggae done that? And she says, oh, well, there was nothing else, you know, nothing else. And I says, all right, okay, so what? What do you think happened that day? Hmm. And she says, oh, well, you just made me so angry. And I says, but was that anger in there? Was it in there and needed to come out? So when we had the Reiki together, it opened something for you in order for you to release and let go when you went home. Mm-hmm. And... She sort of stopped and thought about it and she said, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I says, well, listen, that is my only explanation for it is maybe it was something you needed to say. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, you got the energy up to actually say it and stand by it and be able to let it out. 
And I says, and maybe it didn't belong to your husband. Maybe it was belonged to give to somebody else, but it happened to be your husband was mm-hmm. there. And she sort of thought about it. And I says, listen, would you like to do it again and see how we are? And we did do it again. And it was a total difference. She was much more relaxed for it. And she came out and I says, please give me feedback on how you are now, mm. you know. And The energies all... have to go somewhere. Yes. Don't and they? if we hold it in our body, that's what makes us sick. 100%. I totally agree with you in that sense. When I was 16, I broke my coccyx. Mm-hmm. And for years, Karen and I tried so many different things to help with my back. And nothing would ever work. Chiropractors, like acupuncture, the whole shebang, just nothing ever worked. And I got to the stage where I couldn't sit down for any longer than 10, 15 minutes at a time. And I went to this girl in Dublin and um, it was she did a matsu which is a, a form of Japanese healing slash physiotherapy. Mm. And she barely touches you. Mm-hmm. And um, she was telling me, so the end of your spine and the at the and the top of your spine when you're in the womb, they're the same. And it's only later on during the pregnancy that one will develop into your coccyx and the other will develop like into the top of your neck. Um, and every time she worked on my coccyx, I would come out of that session with a whopping headache like I would have to go to sleep early that night it would be the only way to get rid of it and I asked her one day and I was like why do I always have a headache every time I I come out of here it's like I come to you to get rid of the pain not to get more pain she goes it's the energy like there's so much healing that has to be done at the end of your coccyx because you've shifted everything out of place that it has to go somewhere so it goes all the way up your spine Mm -hmm. and out through your head and it releases in in the form of a headache and when she explained that it just it just made so much sense and i swear to god it was the only thing that ever helped my back the only thing that ever helped it you know so i i would I would can completely see where you're coming from yeah. with energies that they, they do have to go somewhere, don't yeah, they? Definitely. Yeah. And we tend to, and that's what uh, trauma is. Trauma mm. is holding energy in your body. And, you know, and again, for me, simplifying it, like it's a lot more to it. Mm-hmm. And when I do my relaxation and I get people to do their breathing and I ask them to take a color on and that colour I represent, that colour has been like a healing colour. Mm-hmm. And I asked them to go to them areas, you know, where maybe they feel that the pain is or mm-hmm. the trauma is. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and sometimes if I'm not using that language, I just ask people to go there. You know, especially people who, again, are arthritis or they have different elements, you know, uh, and people who are in wheelchairs, different, you know, different. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I say, go to that area, you know, look, take your beautiful colour and your own unique color your uniqueness and that's where it's there's you know what there's a lot to be said for self-healing mm-hmm. you know we can do an awful lot for ourselves. we don't always have to go out to other people to get what we need because um, we have a lot of it in us and that's a bit like the reiki's in us the mm-hmm. energies in us mm-hmm. whether you call it reiki or whatever you want to call it it can be called anything mm-hmm. Um, but it's in us and it's in us so it's our again if I go where to the brain you know the brain is the busy body I just see as the brain is the busy chat 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 never stops and in the middle of the night we waking up chat 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 mm-hmm. and then it's like and it gets really bad at, you know, in the middle of the night never sh- shuts up so for me 
what how I see that um and tapping my energy and so I always say when we do a relaxation or meditation whatever you want to call it uh, like you can call it uh, I just call it. sometimes I'll come in and say listen know what I want to do today I want to do a wee relaxation with you today now if you can't relax if you can't sit for 20 minutes get up walk about but keep your breathing look at your breathing so is that the main is that the fundamental I suppose the rule of relaxing yourself is is breathing yeah because when I asked you to look at your breath Mm. You're taking your head out of up here, your brain, and it's going down into your breath. So you're distracting yourself. Yes. It's the nicest okay. way to distract yourself because our mind's always going to keep doing and wants to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's not always a healthy doing. Mm. Mm, good 80% yeah. of it's not the healthy because yeah. it's got trained. Oh, you need to do this. You have to do this. Oh, I need to get that. I need to do. I need to do. And then, oh, sure. Who do you think you are? Sure. And they say that what we have in our head we would never say to our worstest enemy oh 100 percent. you know and we've got into habit so it's a habit yeah. not necessarily and, and and i know like i had a friend and i always say when i first met her all she ever said was oh god i'm stupid i'm stupid i'm stupid and i was and one day i just cracked and i says please stop saying that word mm. and she was like ah, but sure you know i don't really mean it i just mm. say it because like it's a word and I said, but you see, part of you does. Yeah. And when part of you does, it's staying with you. So it's better not to say it so that you're not putting that one wee bit into you. Because you're, we are made up of so many personalities. We're not just like, I'm just not the Reiki. Hmm. You know, I'm not just the worker. I'm a wife, I'm a, uh, mm. you know, a friend, I, I have all these different personalities. Mm. So our head is all these different personalities, the brain. Mm-hmm. And so if you keep saying, the, you know, oh, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, part of that brain's taking that on and it's registering. No, and I see it like nearly like we electrifying moments, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm like a wee electricity voltage and it sits on there. So it's something she keeps repeating. Then when something really does happen, the big shout comes out, you're stupid. What mm. the flip did you do that for? And then she gets herself really annoyed about, you know, things then and really believes it. So it's, it's, it's tricking the mind. So when we do relaxation, some people find it actually hard to relax. Oh, sure, I, can't, I wouldn't know how to relax. Then I just say, go on, please just think about your breath. And if you do need to get up and walk about or you need to stand over the chair or lean or whatever, do it. Because mm. I don't believe that they should have to sit like a voodoo or, mm-hmm. you know, sit mm-hmm. and do the... Mm, the chanting or, and everything. You yeah. know, for so many minutes. Because that's not... Our body's sort of made for moving anyway. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, I don't know about you, but post-pandemic world, I have noticed an awful lot of um social anxiety amongst my colleagues and my friends and my family and... um. I even find myself that my social batteries run out an awful lot faster than they did two years ago. Um, is this something that you're noticing, you know, within your uh, community? Yeah, they're saying uh, what I read there on a few things and, I, and I'm looking at the 30 plus mm. up to around the 50s are highest stress levels, 
highest uh, anxiety. A lot, a lot of young people are presenting, even younger than that, are presenting anxiety, which I never heard in the younger people as much. I did yeah. hear, you know, and I've met young people who have anxiety in that. But it seems to be really, really an awful lot of people. And to me, I think it is the world that we're living in where, again, we're living outside ourselves a lot. We yeah. are in the doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're out there doing. We want to be the great sister. We want to be the great daughter. We want to be the great you know, friend, and we're trying to please all our friends, and and with social media, sure, that's sucking up so much time as well. Yeah, we're never constantly, we're never really on our own. Mm-hmm. You know, other than when we lie down to go to sleep at night. Do we need to practice that more? Yeah, okay. we need to practice. And you see, I think we locked down. What we've noticed is that a lot of people went out walking, mm-hmm. swimming, exercising. They got time. Mm-hmm. They had more time to do that. And I think when now that we're coming back out of lockdown, that time is going to be used going back to work and time and, and you know, we're going to have less time. But there's also the talk of people wanting to stay working from home mm-hmm. because they find that their energies or their selves are healthier because they don't have to be rushing dropping the kids to school, getting to work, having to get the makeup on, having to go out and socialise, having to have the house lovely, having, you know, there is just so, so much pressure. And I think that, and one of the things that um, is being presented now is that the doctors are now calling stress is a silent killer. Oh, big time, yeah. And why that is, part of that is, is our getting back to our breath. People are breathing from the neck, just around the neck. They aren't breathing down into the lungs and exercising the lungs. Mm -hmm. Because, and again, that's sending the messages to the brain, you know, relax. And the other thing about what I would say about relaxation, about the importance of it is, it is really about, the best way to describe relaxation is using your mind in a nice way. Okay. Using your mind to go off, some people go off to a beach, some people go off on a park, you know, in their mind, you know, it depends where you go. For me, I tend to take people in through their body, you know, go into themselves because it's less work, less things to have to do. Go into your body, feel your body, acknowledge your body. And before I would even get out of bed now in the morning, I'm lying, stretching my toes, stretching my ankles, stretching my feet stretching my legs and I go up my body and I just imagine right I'm ready for today before I even get out of bed mm-hmm. I'm breathing I'm taking on my deep breaths and through my lungs sometimes I'll do the nostril breathing which is breathing in through one nostril and holding mm-hmm. so that I'm oxygenating my brain and it is a yoga breath it is in through the nose and out through the nose and you're oxygenating the brain. So before you can get out of bed, calm the body down, the nervous system down, and then you can deal with the rest of the day. And listen, none of us go through life without issues. Oh, absolutely. And I, for me, I call them bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. We all have bumps in the road because that's life. And I think, I suppose, when you're looking after yourself daily, doing wee things like that, whether it is going out for a walk, whether it is meeting a friend, maybe it's just ringing a friend. 
Um, maybe it's just looking at your breath and your body when you're sitting working, while you're working, while you're even exercising. How now I ask myself this quite regular during the day, how is my breath? How is my breath on my body? And that's probably people think, what? And oh, no, they're going to chat now. But that is how I know how I'm breathing. Because if I'm breathing properly, then I know my energy system and my nervous system are all together. Mm-hmm. You know, because we can disconnect from the body yeah. when we're not breathing properly or when our nervous system's going crazy. Mm. And if we're really anxious and that's around anxiety mm-hmm. for me, when you take control of your breathing, then that's when you can relax your anxiety. Yeah. But if you practice it every day, like brushing your teeth, mm-hmm. then when you have an anxiety attack, each time you have it, it's less likely to be as strong as the one before. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it should be just a part of your daily routine. Yeah. And how many minutes, say, in the morning or in the afternoon or or at night time or whatever part of the day you decide to do your relaxation, how much time should you dedicate to this? Some days I have a whole lot of time and other days I'd have maybe two minutes. Yeah, okay. So as long as it just as long as you're as long as you're conscious of it. Yeah. And if you feel anxious coming on or anxiety coming on, then that's when you get into the breath. Think, oh, what am I to do? Okay, just breathe. Yeah. Just literally breathe into your body. You get if you have say if you're on the train or you're in, sitting in a passenger in a car, or if you're going out for a walk uh, and sit down at a bench or whatever, mm-hmm. or you're sitting watching TV, close your eyes down. And just think, where is my breath? Mm. How is my breath? And then you, what you'll find is when you look into yourself, you begin to re- realise, oh, God, my shoulders are up around my ears. Oh, right, I'll put them down. Oh, oh, my hands, I'm holding my hands really tight. Oh, do you know what? I'll relax out my fingers. You know, you begin to know your body. Yeah. And really honor your body and take care of your body. Mm-hmm. So when you take care of your body, this and this is why we used to go to the doctors for tablets to give us to help us for our ailments. Mm-hmm. And this is another way of looking at it. I'm not saying ditch the tablets, but both together are really good. Yeah. You know, they'll support each other. Mm-hmm. And eventually, hopefully, if you're in a place that eventually that you've cut down on the tablets or you cut down on the dependency of some people, it's drink, some people, it's drugs, some people, no, it's all, we're all Everyone has a vice. Yeah. Well, that's all we have time for today. But as I mentioned earlier on, we will be releasing the second part of Caroline's conversation with me in two weeks time. So please make sure you do tune in for the rest of that. Thank you for listening today and don't forget to download and tell your friends about the Higher Self Being You podcast. You can listen to us wherever you generally listen to your podcast. We're on all major platforms. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with us, please feel free to do so at higherselfbeingyou at gmail.com. Spread the word far and wide. Today's episode was presented by me and produced by Stefan Mullen and myself. I hope you keep well and remember, be the energy you want to attract.